Thank you so much for tuning in to Defining Moments Podcast. Get on social media. Find us on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. On Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. We're on all sorts of podcasting platforms from Google to iTunes to iHeartRadio to Spotify. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like and subscribe to it. We're also on YouTube so you can see the video edition. Search Defining Moments Podcast. Like it, subscribe to it if you believe in it. And no matter what, show some appreciation today, every day, because someone is always rooting you on. Enthusiastic, mellow, passionate, compassionate, loyal. Those are five words I use to describe our next guest on this podcast. My name is Wong Lam, your host of the Finding Moments podcast, and today we have the CEO of Land Information Services, Wade Brawley. When I scroll through social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, it's very intentional. Look for people who are like-minded, who are driven, who have passion for life, their company, their people, their colleagues. And that's exactly what Wade Brawley brings to this episode. I love it. It's awesome. You'll get to hear his passion for life, his passion for the people he works with, his colleagues, his family. What is he going to do with land information services in the next five to 10 years? The answer is fascinating. The answer is so awesome. I'm so excited. Let's go, Wade. Welcome back to the Finding Moments podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and today's very special guest is the founder the CEO of Land Information Services, Wade Brawley. Welcome to the podcast, sir. Thank you. So glad to be here. Absolutely. Before we start this off, our love language is giving, and so we have some swag for you. All right. Wonderful. Okay to look at this now? Yeah, please do. All right. Awesome. I will be wearing this tomorrow. (laughs) Very nice. Love it. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And here's a little note for nice. you as well. And we have a couple more things. Mm-hmm. Keep it coming. Yeah. This is, I like this so far. I think <laughs> this is, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> Hand painted. That, did you do this yourself? No, or? I did not. Okay. Joni Manavong, we did a podcast with her. She used to do custom mugs, so we uh-huh. had her design a couple for you before she quit. Uh-huh. And she's on a new adventure, so we wanted to... That is so thoughtful. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can't wait to show it to my leadership team at the office. They'll <laughs> they'll love this. My uh, IT director is is big into design and aesthetics. Uh, and, okay. Uh, he will. He will want one of these. So I'm glad you brought two of them. Or is one for you? No, 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 no. They're they're both for you, sir. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah, for sure. How are you doing today? Good. It's a beautiful day. Absolutely. And so that puts everyone in a better mood. And and it's Friday. So. And it's Friday. Yeah. So uh, it's a great day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Met your wife. So. Mm-hmm. Things going well. You've been married for over thirty years. Thirty five. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. better get that right. <laughs> now you should because I I've done some research through your nephew Chris. I work uh-huh. with Chris, and then I also work with a lot of Chesapeake people that actually know you and talk mm-hmm. and speak very highly of you. Oh, well, that's appreciated. Now it's awesome. Like Hazel Welch. 
Oh, she yeah. Is. Oh, she is so special. <laughs> yeah. Now, not everyone would speak highly of me, but uh, <laughs> I know she would. And she's always been an advocate, and, and she's so smart and very data-driven and yeah. high ethics and just everything's for the company. Mm-hmm. So I really appreciate that. So we, we found a lot in common. And, yeah. And, um, you know, we worked together and built some great things together, mm-hmm. great tools together. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I had a conversation with this morning and we were talking about the podcast and how I was coming over here in your own backyard to do it for the first time ever. And she got teary-eyed speaking oh. a, about you. Yeah. Oh, wow. It, I was like, man, I, I, I felt the, like, the emotion, what she was talking about, about you. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, and I was like, wow, that, that's really, really awesome. Yeah. And you know when I left? She, I remember uh, specifically what she wrote to me. She sent me an email that was really heart wrenching and mm-hmm. just very touching, and and you know actually called out certain moments where we had meetings and and how she appreciated <laughs> how I represented everyone and wasn't trying to you know push an agenda like some people do. You yeah, know, for sure. When they're working on a project, it's really more about their project, mm. not about you know the good of the company. And I always try to avoid that, and and, right. um, and I can see when that's happening. Mm. And I think she picked up on that 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 I wasn't uh, going to let someone just kind of run ramshot over everyone because yeah. they wanted things their way. Right. And so she she pinned that out, and I thought, well, that was very touching. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's touching. Because she obviously, she's authentic, she means it. And you're obviously authentic. And I reached out to you. I used to, well, I try to reach out to people on Twitter or Instagram. I reached out to you on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. I remember that I've seen your, you walk around Chesapeake. You're a vice president there for mm-hmm. about three years because I started in 2006. Mm-hmm. So you, I think you ended up leaving in 2009, 2000, 2009. Yeah, somewhere yes. around there. And you wrote a really nice article on just... Aubrey McClendon and learning life lessons, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And then you published, you've been published in magazines, mm-hmm. oral magazines. And it's mm-hmm. like, man, this, this man is fascinating. <laughs> and so I reached out to you and I didn't, I was, I didn't know what to think if you would reach back. And then you were so kind, came wow. to land information uh, services. And it's like, man, <laughs> we had coffee and a great chat. Yeah, this yeah. is well, awesome. You're, you're easy to talk to, and and uh, you know, everyone. We represent something different to everyone. So you know, as a dad or a husband, a, a boss or mm-hmm. an employee, and um, you know, and the older you get, also you you don't know this yet, but you will. <laughs> the older you get, the more people think they can't approach you. And, ah. Which is sad, you know, because I, I really enjoy meeting people and hearing their ideas and talking and telling my story. And and so, um, you know, so I, I do appreciate you reaching out to me and, yeah. and uh, showing an interest. And so, yeah, sure, let's talk. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh-huh. um, but, yeah, I, that that's the sad thing. People, Some people think I'm unapproachable, but mm-hmm. I think I'm very approachable. I absolutely agree. I, I think it's because, you know, if I'm working on a project, I can be so into it and so intent mm-hmm. uh, on, on what I'm doing that um, when I'm interrupted, I might not respond with the most, <laughs> you know, kind um, response. But um, <laughs> but in general, I do like to have people, you know, I'll, I'll answer robocalls because I think <laughs> it may not be a robocall. It may be a long lost friend. So yeah. why not? Um, but I do quickly hang up. <laughs> yeah, well, you talked about Sometimes when you're in the zone, I feel like when you're in the zone, you're in the zone. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're CEO, you're the founder of your own company. So 
I would imagine same thing when you were at Chesapeake, you were vice president and you worked with Aubrey. He was intense too. Oh, very. You know, he was remarkable. Oh yeah. Yeah. He had a a really uh, keen sense of presence and, and that's something that I take away from him. And that's another thing, you know, um, Aubrey to some people is, is this mysterious guy. And to me, he was a man and Mm -hmm. he was um, capable of, of faults. Um, but mostly just um, had very admirable qualities. And, yeah. and um, I learned a lot from him. A lot of us did. In fact, um, the anniversary of his death is this weekend. And yeah. there's a, you know, a celebration of his life on Sunday that I'll be going to. Um, but what was really interesting is that uh, he didn't ask a question that he didn't already know the answer. <laughs> and so whenever he would ask you a question, you're thinking, oh, God, you know. <laughs> Am I going to give him the right answer? Um, but it was uncanny. I don't know how he did that. Um, and and he had the ability to switch um, on and off. So, you know, during the course of the day, you'd have several meetings, and some are not so pleasant, you yeah. know, in, in anyone's work day. So, um, you know, there would be several of us that would have our time with Aubrey to present projects or what have you. And, um, you know, the guy that would go ahead of me was maybe it didn't go so well. And I mean, it was not pleasant at all. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I don't want to be the next one. But the uncanny thing, the wonderful thing about him is that he was able to leave that topic and go to the next topic with a clean slate. Wow. So um, if it was, you know, it was a, a, a difficult um, project or, or a difficult topic uh, that he was going over and he was angry, mm-hmm. he was not angry with the next person. Mm-hmm. So he was able to switch it. Uh, on and off that quickly and and where i really admired him and i've told many people this is that in his personal life he was able to switch it off so you know you can imagine his work day was pretty pretty intense yeah and uh and stressful yet when he left and he would leave the office and within you know three minutes be at a restaurant with his wife with katie and they would sit there and it was like they were on a first date he was so into her and and i would look over and i think Wow, that's what a husband is supposed to be like. Yeah. And how could he do that? I just saw him in this meeting and he was very irate, not very happy, not very pleasant. But that's a remarkable trait when someone yeah. can be present like that. Mm-hmm. You know, he is present in that moment, whatever that moment is. Yeah. And so, and the same thing with his kids. You know, I would see him in the neighborhood riding bikes with them or at the supermarket and, you know, playing, kind of horsing around in the aisles as they picked up groceries. Yeah. And um, just, like a kid, just like one of his kids. And, and That's so, awesome. yeah, really, really neat. Yeah. You know, yeah. He was able to do that. So, you know, I try to emulate that. I try to be present. Um, there's a great book by um, Daniel Siegel, I think mm-hmm. it is. Uh, I think it's called Awareness. And it really has some gems of wisdom in it where it tells you that, you know, you, you have to be present. You have to be able to, um, concentrate on the one thing but you also have to be aware so for example you go to the park with your with your kid do you have kids no not yet sir. well you will someday. okay yeah okay. for sure when you take your child to the park um you are very protective right your eyes are on your child and you're there just to be with them mm-hmm. and and have fun and have, and make some memories but at the same time, you're aware of what's going on in the park. You know, is yeah. someone entering the park in this direction? Is there a, a ball game going over here where a ball can maybe go awry? And, you know, you're aware of all these things. At the same time, you're you're intently focused 
on the one thing. And so it's like that in business. You have to be uh, very present and, and you know, intently um, accountable to what you're working on. Yeah. But at the same time, be aware of what's going on around you. What is your competition doing? What mm-hmm. uh, what are all the projects your people are working on? And, uh, you know, what's the client, all your client temperatures like uh, on a given day? Yeah. So you have to have both levels of awareness and acuity. Yeah. And, and you have to have um, intent. And and do you have to have regulations? So, you know, you have to be in, uh, genuine in your intent. What is you're going to accomplish? And do you have to regulate your behavior, change your behavior to uh, achieve that goal or that intent? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I kind of like sweets too much. And yeah. so, so I try to regulate my behavior. <laughs> so instead of reaching for that muffin or whatever, I'll reach for an apple. Yeah. And I'm not always successful. So I have to then realize my intent maybe is not that genuine. I may mm. talk the talk, but I'm not walking the walk. Mm-hmm. And I need so causing me to reevaluate. Yeah. So you can apply that to everything you do in life, your business, your family life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, what's your intent? Can you regulate your behavior and uh, your acuity to what you're working on and awareness of everything around you? Yeah. And so Aubrey was good at that. Maybe he read the book. I don't know. But um, it's it's just good common sense, too. I, I agree. I think it is very good common sense. It's a book I'll probably need to pick up so I can learn some more, too, mm-hmm. about just life. I think you can apply it. A lot of it sounds like you apply it to whether it's being a CEO or just myself. How can I apply that to business and in life and mm-hmm. make myself better and everyone around me? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Land information services. What explain to our guests and our viewers about land information because it's right down the street in Oklahoma City, Nickel Hills, almost. It's just <laughs> a few minutes away. Um, in a building I built, um, everyone loves it. Very open, contemporary environment uh, that um, really, uh, I guess, pushes uh, uh, openness, uh, collaboration. Very open area, so you know you can't help but in each other's uh, faces sometimes and, right. and working out problems. But um, it started uh, when I left Chesapeake. Um, I, I, my goal was just to work part-time consulting with other companies, helping them realize the importance of data integrity and uh, helping them build some tools that would um, leverage the, the data library, the, the, the data inventory they have, and streamline their organization. And so I did a lot of work for different companies, and um, that then formed Land Information Services. Um, they started out; these companies started outsourcing to me. So uh, great, you found these holes in our data and, and uh, uh, issues with our processes. But you know, what do we do to fix it? Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have these analysts, and, yeah. and, and so that's how I started acquiring people, and then um, I began to receive. Uh, routine land administration work outsourced to me. So um, the name was pretty easy to come by because it's just exactly what we're all about, land information services. Mm -hmm. And then that kind of went into more software. I I needed a software product to conduct my business in. Um, So I built my own uh, using all the experience I had uh, with various systems out there, putting into my, my system things I liked about those systems, uh, programming out things I didn't like, any redundancy, et cetera. And so now we're a company that offers software 
a software solution. Yeah. We don't really, um, you know, create a custom software product according to what the client needs. We have one platform and it pretty much addresses the need of, of many, many companies. So we focus our efforts on supporting that one platform and we'll customize it here and there yeah. for the client. But uh, it's just more economical if I can find that greatest common denominator and and use that to satisfy the ills of the processes that you know maybe are not working so well yeah. at different companies. So we have uh, forty companies on our our platform. Wow, um, about fifteen hundred users. Oh man, yeah. And so That's, that then creates wow. a need for more support. Uh, yeah. more support personnel and so uh we have a group that's just support uh that's just data scientists helping companies do their data diagnostics and uh it's a really fun creative group we have some really bright minds in there lease analysts bio mm-hmm. analysts landmen um and we all work together mm-hmm. so um you know our lease and do analysts know when they're working on a project that it maybe makes more sense to convert or upload data rather yeah. than input it so we get together and we get it done and then they come along after the upload and refine it or what have you. Yeah. So, um, that is how we got into that business. I, it's no longer part-time for me. No, <laughs> it is definitely a full-time job. Yeah. But I really love it. I really enjoy going into the office and, um, I enjoy working with my clients. Some of my clients were, were interns. Uh, wow. When I was at Chesapeake. Yes. And now they're uh, they're <laughs> very important positions. They're CEOs and vice presidents and presidents of, of companies. And um, you know, some of them remember me from from those days. Yeah. And, and they they came to me asking, "Help me out with this. I've made an acquisition. I've got you know, ten thousand leases and <laughs> three thousand wells, and I don't have a system, and I don't have any people." <laughs> I got you covered. Yeah. So I can ramp them up and give them instant infrastructure, mm-hmm. uh, not just the system, but the personnel. And then as they progress forward and grow, uh, they acquire their own people. We'll train them and they, they are self-sufficient. Yeah. But we're always there to back them up and we're always there to give them advice um, because we've encountered all kinds of, you know, transactions and strange negotiations. And how do you document that? How do you put that in the system? We pretty much have a good idea. I've, I've amassed a, a leadership team that that has a lot of experience, mm-hmm. and so together we kind of make up this advisory board. Yeah, and that's one of the benefits uh, all of our our um, software customers have is whatever issue you encounter, you know, we've got some free advice for you. Um, and and if you want a lot of advice, you know, we'll work out an arrangement. But <laughs> but. Um, no, I just really like helping people to be successful. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like I had my time where I was, um, you know, buried in the trenches and, and working side by side with my people and, and working out problems one by one. Mm-hmm. Hazel was right, right there with me. And yeah. we worked on some, some problems and came up with some great workflows. Um, and, and so I find that exciting, but man, I don't want to do it all over again. Yeah. <laughs> But I, you know, I want to help someone else who's doing that. <laughs> yeah. So I like to be that, that voice in someone's ear, just uh, giving them a little advice, you know, try mm-hmm. this, you know, organize your staff this way. Yeah. So I really like um, providing solutions. Yeah. And that's kind of like the underlying theme of, of what we do. I mean, our tagline is, is solutions forward. Um, 
you know, whether that solution is, is you just need more people right now, or you don't need more people, you need a better system mm-hmm. or you need both. Yeah. Um, you need data, um, uh, data diagnostics. You need, uh, to, to refine your data or do you need to find data and get data and, and put it in your system? Right. So, um, so I, I have all kinds of advice for people. They don't have, yeah. they don't have to take yeah. it, but it's always wonderful when they do. And, yeah. and that's gratifying for me. That's awesome. When I can, when I can help someone. Yeah. Cause the advice is from when you started, when you were younger, you did all the hard work and now it's 2020. So you've got this wealth of knowledge. So what you're doing is you're passing it on to help mm-hmm. make things run more efficiently, more accurately. Right. For sure. Right. With land information. Right. And, and things are more complex in that uh, there's more data available than mm-hmm. ever before. Um, you know, the regulations are different. And um, I personally don't keep up with all that. And I don't try to advise people on that kind of strategy. But uh, when it comes to just common sense and process efficiency and motivating people, um, I, I think my skill set is still very current. Mm-hmm. And I can offer a lot to uh, um, a young leader. Yeah. Um, leading an organization and building an organization. Right. Yeah. So it's nice to be asked. <laughs> oh, yeah. hundred percent. How, how do you motivate your colleagues at, at work? Mm-hmm. So at work, I, I treat them with dignity. Mm-hmm. I, um, give them some flexibility. I, I, I'm not a clock watcher. But I do tend to notice if someone's taking advantage of, of you know, privileges. For sure. Um, but I, I like it to be their project. Mm-hmm. So I, I try and, and, and let them make a few mistakes, you know, and, and, and because you really learn that way. Yeah. But uh, as long as they're not costly mistakes. Um, so I, I feel that's the best thing I can do is is to um, allow them that that that's forum to be a professional mm-hmm. and to shine in front of the client so you know when they finish a project i don't represent that you know, mm-hmm. look what i've done no. right i i like to showcase my people that's and, awesome um, that's rewarding for them you yeah know, they, they want the recognition they want to develop or build a reputation in the industry and that's how you do it you, you coach them along and um and showcase them when they do something right yeah um, I guess other ways uh, of motivating would be just to lead by example, you know, to try to be authentic, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, authenticity is kind of a strange word, but, um, hard to define, but, um, one important component of, of authenticity that I like to ex- express to people is that if you're authentic, you know, your weaknesses, mm-hmm. you know? So if, if you don't own your weaknesses, that it, they will own you. Ooh. So, you know, whether that's, um, you know, just, uh, tardiness or, or, uh, you know, an addiction issue or, or, or you have rage, if you don't recognize that you have those shortcomings and, and regulate it, yeah. then it can get the better of you. Oh, so, man. um, so I think you have to be um, able to to recognize your own faults uh, in order order to be authentic. Yeah. Um, you know, also, another thing to do is that 
to, this is how you gain instant respect from uh, employees and clients and everyone is to say you're wrong, admit you're wrong, mm. you know, and not try and cover something up. Um, nothing wins people over more than someone being humble. Right. And sometimes it takes the wind out of their sails too if they, mm -hmm. you know, have a little beef with you. Like, well, how can I be mad at him? You know, yeah. <laughs> he owned yeah. up to yeah. it. Yeah, he maybe he was wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So uh, that can be very powerful to uh, show people that you're human. Yeah. You know, and that, hey, you make mistakes, own up to it. Right. And, um, you know, I'll learn from it and, and hopefully you'll learn from it too. Yeah. Since I was honest and shared it with you. you uh, I agree. I yeah. agree. What do you think is a misconception in the oil and gas industry? Um, well, there's a misconception about the oil and gas industry. People who are not in the industry and are not fans of the industry, you know, uh, give us grief. And, um, you know, they, they don't see us as conservationists, whereas I see the oil and gas industry, you know, engineers and geologists being some of our biggest, greatest conservationists. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to be. We're, we're working in the environment. We have to protect it. So um, that's the biggest misconception is that we're, you know, spoiling from people outside the industry is right. that people inside the industry mm -hmm. are spoiling our, our resources. And, and that is absolutely the opposite of what, what we're doing. Yeah. Um, within the industry, I, that's tough to say. Um, I, I think, you know, it's a tough time in our industry right now. The economics are really bad, but somehow people are making money. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, you know, you have to, recognize that change and ride with it um you know i can remember a time when oil was eight dollars a barrel it was wow. that way for a few hours one day back in the 80s uh really rough wow and uh, you know the phone didn't ring I, there was no work uh, you know i was just what am i gonna do mm -hmm. and i i realized well there are oil and gas properties still out there someone has to manage them yeah you know and and I just had to tell my story to a different group of people. It's a different different group that's owned that owns the the properties. So uh, there were um, people with, with financial backing that uh, were very interested in what I had to offer. There were uh, banks that suddenly had to seize assets that were very interested in what I had to offer because they didn't know what what they had in their hands. Right. And so. Um, the important thing is that you recognize that change is constant and you've got to latch on to it or, mm. or be crushed by it. And yeah. I would rather, you know, ride the wave than be crushed by the wave. And so that's what's helped me in my career is not trying to do the same thing and stick to the same kind of work, um, you know, as the industry changed, but to allow myself to accommodate whatever was needed at the time. Right. Right. That's yeah. uh, kind of been what I've always been about is, is, you know, I want to be liked, you know, I, yeah. <laughs> I want to do something that, that helps people that, that, uh, something that's needed. Yeah. And so, you know, when I realized how things had changed and, and learned, I, I learned to adapt and, um, and that's what helped me. Yeah. When you talk about how things have changed and how you have to adapt, what are some of those moments in your life that's changed, maybe shaped you some defining moments? Mm hmm. Um, well, the one I just mentioned that the eighties was, was a very defining moment because, um, you know, I was, I can remember just doubling over with stomach cramps because mm. I'm, you know, uh, at the time I was young and naive and thought, you know, the world's coming to an end, my, my life as I know it, but you know, I, there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. 
Um, but you know, with, with prayer and 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 just uh, observing, I realized there is something I can do. And uh, I remember uh, getting dressed up in a suit, even though I had no place to go, mm-hmm. and going downtown and just walking around and seeing people and letting them know that I was around. Uh, ah. it, and and opportunities came my way. It's like, oh, I'm glad I ran into you. Wow. So that's always my best advice to people is if you feel like things are really bad for you, just you, you need to get out of the house. You know, go work out, go go to association meetings, um, you know, whether they're landman or engineering professional associations, whatever. Be out there. Yeah. You know, be present and um, and talk to people mm-hmm. because you never know. You, you, you talk to this one person. They may not have an opportunity for you, but they know someone and they refer you to someone who does. Yeah. And uh, it's happened for me like that so many times Wow. that um, there's something to it. Right. Yeah. So, so I always offer that, that just talk, whatever you need, whatever is going wrong in your life, talk to people. Mm-hmm. They'll either be bored by you and leave or they'll they'll offer some good advice or they will introduce yeah. you to someone who can help you and that's worked for me several times and i guess the other defining moment was was you know leaving chesapeake that, that was mm. that was tough because that was fun i mean um yeah. was very generous in allowing me um the flexibility to create the some of the workflows i built and, mm-hmm. and um uh, so leaving there was uncomfortable to go to something completely new and, but, but it was really kind of necessary to, yeah. um, you know, I built these workflows and, and got to the point where the only thing that could happen next is I would have to tear it down and rebuild each of these workflows again. Yeah. And then the whole time, you know, new people come into the organization, uh, you know, nipping at your heels and, and trying to make a name for themselves. And it was exhausting trying to protect the company. Yeah. From people who just were motivated by sheer ego to create mm. um, new products or bring you know purchase new software that really wasn't necessary, and I get I got so exhausted with that. And at the same time, I didn't want to be a curmudgeon to where you know I was I was the um, bottleneck that was that was uh, hindering any kind of progress. Mm-hmm. So I knew at some point I would need to leave to, to allow more creativity, more you know some fresh blood in. So. Um, it just happened that that was the time. That was a good time with everything going on. And I. it was tough to realize that not everyone liked me. You know, there yeah. were some people who didn't because maybe they thought I had too much influence. Maybe they thought that maybe they thought that, that Aubrey was, was uh, too generous with me and that you know, uh, he, he, he trusted me too much. I don't know, but there was a lot of friction. So, yeah. um, so it was time to leave. And the, the nice thing, the beautiful thing that happened is when I left, then opportunities opened up for people who work for me. So they were able to step up Ooh. and, and uh, assume more important roles. Yeah. And so, and, and I was able to kind of like observe this and go, wow, this is really beautiful that this happened. And, yeah. and uh, people I had earmarked for uh, future success for, you know, leadership were actually falling into those roles and becoming the leaders I knew they would be. Some of them work for me now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. One of, a couple of them are clients. Yeah. And and some are just out there and, and we stay in touch. So um, there's a strong mutual respect there. Yeah. So so that was tough um, you know, to leave 
this beautiful campus. I mean, you know, I have nothing but good things to say about Chesapeake. Mm -hmm. You know, it was a wonderful experience, a beautiful campus. Uh, they're great to their employees. And, uh, but I, I went from going to their, uh, company, you know, coffee shop with the element or wildcat, whatever they were called. And I would get my morning coffee at the commissary truck at the bus station. <laughs> my, my office was next to the bus depot and I would stand in line with homeless people and and uh get my coffee and breakfast and i loved it because i realized outside the bubble there are all kinds of people you know there are old people as well as young people and then there are fat people as well as people that are in you know great shape and yeah you know ugly people and 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 it was just nice to be part of the community where this is really life you know mm -hmm. Uh, this is really what life's all about. All kinds of people and, and all kinds of situations, situations and needs. Yeah. Wow. That, that's so true because we really do, to a certain extent, I think we all live in a certain bubble that we have, mm -hmm. whether it's at Chesapeake or whether it's your gym rat, that's all you know. Yeah. And so when you leave the gym, you're like, dude, you look like you're out of shape, man. <laughs> what, what are you doing? You know, so... It, it's so true. And then when you go out of the country, and I, I've been out of the country so uh, a few times, and you're like, man, we do really have it great here in the United States. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, maybe to a certain extent, we all take it for granted, maybe a little bit. But I don't. I think you you learn when you go into a different neighborhood. Actually, yeah, too. Yeah, you don't have to go overseas. You can just leave yeah. your neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, and then you see a different. A, a different culture mm -hmm. how how they live in their neighborhood versus how you live in your neighborhood and mm -hmm. you become more thankful to a certain extent as well right i would think so it, absolutely yeah so so i am very thankful for uh, my days at chesapeake and for the opportunity for to leave chesapeake mm -hmm. and, and to build what i've built and to work with talented people and and uh, so i feel very lucky yeah very lucky for sure. Well, you do have talent at your company, the the company you have built so far, and I feel like you're probably continue to build and make it even bigger. It's amazing. You're it's like it's a small campus. It's beautiful. <laughs> when you walk through the door, I look to my left, I believe, and there's a staircase. Mm -hmm. And each step has words. Mm -hmm. Explain to us about those words and the meaning of why. Um well, they're, they're words of inspiration. So, um, and I actually saw something like it in a magazine. So mm -hmm. it's not that original. I, I have to give credit to Architectural Digest. But, <laughs> but I thought, what a great idea. Mm -hmm. I want to come up with um, as many words as I can think of. And I gathered ideas from my employees as well. Let's, let's create a long list of words uh, that are meaningful, that, yeah. that have inspiration. So we had a long, long list and only so many stairs. So... <laughs> So, as a company, as a group, we voted on what are the, I think there were 23 uh, risers, yeah. what are the 23 words out of all this entire roster that uh, mean the most to us, and why? Mm. And we talked about it, and uh, so we agreed on those words as a group, and then we even agreed on the order in which they, they um, uh, were, were placed on the stairs. So, things like, um, you know, inspire and uh, creativity and celebrate. Mm -hmm. you know, celebrate is the last uh, word on the stairs that you get to the top because yeah. that's important. We work hard and 
it's important that you acknowledge your success and your coworkers' success, mm-hmm. and you you celebrate a little bit. I love and it. So um, that's really more of a reminder for me because by the time I get to that that point where the project's done, I'm, it, I'm successful. I'm thinking I'm probably going to celebrate, but man, I've got so much else to do, <laughs> and I don't. But you, you know, it's important to a lot of people, and uh, it makes that success, I think, more memorable. Yeah. If you mark it with some kind of celebration, I mean, right. pizza for lunch or something. It does not have to be a big party. Yeah, that's so, true. Um, so we do that. We have um, little uh, gatherings. Um, we'll have. Uh, Everyone's going to learn to clog dance uh, on uh, what? Yes, on St. Patrick's Day. So you know what that is, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the big clunky shoes. It's awesome. Yeah, on those concrete floors. Yeah. It's going to be loud in there. So we'll have we'll have different kinds of Irish beer, and uh, <laughs> we'll have some performers come in and show us, you know, really how clogging dancing what? is done. You're going to have performers come in? Yes. And Unbelievable. Then, and then they're going to teach us, and everyone what? has got to participate. So. Um, so that's the kind of celebration we like to do. And when we had our open house, we had Kyle <laughs> Dillingham, who's a really talented fiddler. Yes. Yeah, you know, and he plays around the world. He's, he's kind of famous. Yeah. And so he played for us, and he had a skateboard, and he was like yeah. skateboarding through the, the office playing his, his fiddle. So, um, you know, we like to make things fun. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, yeah, to celebrate is, is an important, that's one of the important words there. Yeah. Did Kyle play a devil went on in Georgia? Yes. Yeah. Mm. On a skateboard. Mm. <laughs> so another phrase is own it. That's, that's mm-hmm. on there as well. Yeah. So, and, and we have started taking a, a word a week. We have a stand up meeting every, every week. We just have a very quick meeting with maybe just a recap of what's going on in the company, or it could be an inspirational message by me or from someone in the company could be a video we you know we'll sometimes we'll see something on a ted talk or a youtube video that yeah. we want to share and uh, we share that with everyone and it's maybe just an excuse to have donuts i don't know but uh people kind of look forward to it and it yeah. brings everyone together and so um so we sometimes take a word from the stairs and we'll find something on the internet a, a video or something yeah. that speaks to that word right you know trust or or integrity yeah and so uh, we haven't made it all the way up the stairs yet because we have a lot of topics we want to go over but right we'll make it to the top of the stairs i like it i like mm-hmm. it what's a culture like at Liss? i think it is um creative innovative um happy um it's inspiring it's creative um, I and that's not just what I want it to be. I think it truly is that way. It's probably a better question to ask one of the employees. Yeah, and and um, I think they might say the same thing, give you the same answer. You know, I I'm gonna take that from a non-employee because I don't work there. And when I walked in, it was welcoming. Mm-hmm. It was open. Mm-hmm. The floor panel was open. The the colleagues, everyone was smiling mm-hmm. and I mean literally everyone was smiling they were happy and from just the openness I felt like the creativity is mm-hmm. definitely there yeah. I feel good energy good vibe yeah well you know when you walk in it's not like your standard office building where there's no. a reception area and a receptionist and you kind of know the drill when you walk in you are like in the building oh, yeah. and you're looking around going whoa what is this yeah and 
about the time you you make that realization, someone has walked up to you and greeted you and, and, and wished you a good day and how can I help you? So um, that was on purpose. Yeah. So there are no chairs. There's no waiting room. Uh, there's just that entryway with the, the kitchen right there for a cup of coffee and then yeah. off to the left, the fireplace and the, a sitting area over there. Right. But you don't instantly go there until somebody actually invites you. Like, okay, you're not just some wanderer off the street. Yeah. Please come in. Yeah. Have a seat. Yeah. Now I will tell so-and-so you're here. Yeah. That, that's how I saw it, too. So the word that you use to describe your culture is exactly how I felt oh, when good. I walked in. I'm not even an employee, <laughs> which is awesome. So good job to you and your uh, colleagues and just the company. Oh, thanks. It's thanks. awesome. Yeah. And you, you allow dogs there, too. We do. We yeah. do. Yes. <laughs> Not just any dogs. They, they have to be well-behaved dogs. That makes sense. But, uh, no, it's it's nice to have them around there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we enjoy that. But we do have to make sure there's usually not one, more than one dog there at a time. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Get, getting fights or liability issues probably, potentially. Yeah. yeah. So, so. You, you've been around the energy sector. You, you're a very popular face around the sector, around the city. What are a couple of questions that no one ever asked Wade, but you wish someone would ask you? Wow. Uh, well, not many people ask me about, um, you know, what do I do in my spare time? And I love to play tennis. I play three, four times a week. And um, I enjoy that. I, I enjoy creating things of beauty, whether that's uh, doing a flip on a house, mm. uh, remodeling a, a room or an entire house or a landscaping project. I've got a lot of work to do here. Yeah. Uh, but I really like that. I, I really like creating something peaceful and serene and beautiful. That's why I love designing the office building. Yeah. And I did that with, with other people helping me. They're, you know, it's part of my leadership team. Uh, I, I welcomed their advice and, and they had a, a, a lot of input in mm-hmm. the furnishings and, and, and layout and what have you. We're building a second building soon. And again, I'm, I'm seeking their advice and their input. That way they, they, they take ownership, yeah. you know, and, and, it's a fun thing for them as well. It's, yeah. It shouldn't be just my project. Right. Um, I, I like charities that um, help other people, mm. not just, um, you know, give a handout, but really teach them, teach them how to fish. So um, a couple of favorite charities, like Upward Transitions, which used to be Traveler's Aid. And I really like, and I'm, I'm a, on the advisory board now. I used to be an active board member. But I really like them because they um, they have qualifications. They realize they can't help everyone. Yeah. There are a lot of people in need uh, and a lot of people homeless. But they focused on any family, whether that's a single-parent family or a double-parent family. But as oh. long as there's a kid involved, then you qualify for their assistance. Wow. And that assistance might be they pay your utility bill. They give you a place to live for a couple of months. They pay your tuition to get some training at Metrotech or wherever. Yeah. Uh, and, and just a lot of different ways to help. And they get a lot of donations, so they have clothing and food that they can donate. So I really like that um, that charity. Uh, for every dollar that's donated, you know, like I'd say 85% goes to the client. Wow. Unlike, you know, uh, there's a lot of overhead in some larger charities. Yeah. So, um, so that's one of my favorites. Uh, I really like the... Um, uh, the city rescue mission mm-hmm. downtown. Yeah. They are so organized. And for me, I'm kind of an organization freak. So I, <laughs> I just kind of marveled at, at their volunteering 
or a volunteer a workstation, how you had to enroll and you know register and uh, this is so efficient mm-hmm. and um, and it's really a very nice facility downtown like off of sixth or fifth street in Classen. yeah and um, it has a spiritual concept to it um, you know there there's prayer there's meditation uh, but they're not real pushy with it yeah. and you have people there that are it like it's like a halfway house for some people they're right out of prison or they're in rehab yeah so a lot of different mixes of people there and so um, I'll go there and I'll serve lunch. And I find these people are just so polite and so appreciative. You know, when I hand them the plate, oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah. And I find that really gratifying. So I, so I really like to push them a lot. I, kudos to them for how they've organized, and the facility is really nice and clean, mm-hmm. and they help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, I started a mentoring program for for troubled kids when I was um, when I was your age, younger. Wow. And that took a lot of work. Um, I, I focused on the um, the at-risk middle school and um, alternative middle school, and it was all at-risk youths. And I teamed up kids with um, an area executive man or woman who who would take them on as a uh, as their mentee. Uh, they would be their mentor, and really all they had to do is just invite them to their office, show them what they do day to day, let these kids observe you. That's great. So it started out just bringing people into the school to let them see, you know, this is what school is really like for most kids. Yeah. This isn't what you're going to see at some of the private schools. Yeah. And it was really eye-opening for a lot of people and mm-hmm. for me. And I just did a lot of research and, and um, borrowed a lot from um, uh, Minnesota. had a lot of um, interesting research on, on mentorships and wow. at-risk kids. And so I created this program that uh, – you know, it, it really grew. Everyone, I found out how gratifying. So many people want to help. So many people want to get involved. Like Burns Hargis, you know, mm-hmm. was, was was a volunteer yeah, yeah. and and did great things uh, with, with his kid. And Steve Slauson uh, was, uh, was a mentor. And he continues wow. to do that kind of work on his own with other charities. So I really admire the work he does. That's fantastic. Yeah. So we had some really high-profile people involved. And, and so that was neat that I was able to introduce them to that. Yeah. Uh, they were able to offer their resources and help. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, a really cool thing. That's awesome. When you when I hear you speak, you sound so mellow, laid back. And I feel like there's some drive, a lot of drive to your voice. My question is, though, is there anything that ticks you off? <laughs> if I sound mellow, it's because I'm old. No, you're not <laughs> old. old. <and> tired. <laughs> um, no, I. You know, I loud, boisterous people. I guess that that's what ticks me <laughs> off, right? And it might be that I'm jealous that I'm not more, more like them, that I'm not the alpha male that uh, I would like to be. But uh, you know, I, I'll be in situations where these guys are just trying to one up each other, and I just, oh. you know, when, when I was younger, I guess I felt I had to participate. Uh. I had to try and fit in and the older i get the more i realize i don't need that you know i don't need to be part of this and i'm so i'm so glad to be at an age where i can understand that i don't have to be Mm -hmm. part of that i don't have to play that game yeah so um just i guess that would be the only thing that really ticks me off are are people who are loud and boisterous and they're also sometimes the same people who who skate by Mm. you know that like to stay under the radar and um and and not do too much and get away with as much as they can and we don't have that much going we don't have many or any like that in our our company we've had a few people before who 
who've come over and they thought, well, this would be kind of fun. It looks like a neat environment. And, but they're used to working in a large company where they're mm. able to fly under the radar, you know, mm. and it doesn't work in our environment and, right. and they get discouraged and they leave. Yeah, no, that, that, that's true. What does it Wade Brawley do for fun? Well, like I said, tennis, I, I love that. And then uh, the landscaping, uh, gardening projects. I like to travel. Um, I don't travel travel extensively because I'm, I'm working quite a mm-hmm. bit and I take my work with me. But, you know, we just got back from Tucson. And there's a dude ranch we go to. Ooh. And, and um, mostly we go there just to enjoy the, the high desert. It's the rocky. It's not the desert like Las Vegas or Phoenix. It's, you know, rocky hills. Yeah. A lot of, uh, a lot of vegetation. Beautiful. The smell is wonderful. And so we'll go there and I'll, I'll play tennis. We, we go on horseback rides, trail rides and, and have, you know, breakfast outside. And uh, it's just a beautiful setting. So I, I enjoy the um, ability to travel a little bit. My daughter lives in Minneapolis, so we like to take advantage of that beautiful city. And yeah. Go up there and visit her. And um, we visit her often in New York City. We're going there next month. And, nice. Yeah, you know, go see some shows. Yeah. So it's nice to um, be able to take these small trips. So we, we travel. We go somewhere about every month. Um, but it's, you know, not a big trip. Yeah. My last big trip was probably... Um, Eastern Europe, where the whole family went and nice. last year. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. I love, love Eastern Europe. Yeah. Man, good memories. Prague, yeah. <laughs> well, mostly because the whole family was there. We could have yeah. as easily just gone to Disneyland or <laughs> somewhere, but, <I> agree. <laughs> but as long as we're together, we, you know, we, uh, we have fun together and yeah. we laugh a lot. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I do for fun. I like to spend time with my family and I have a few close friends that uh, I've known for years mm-hmm. who, if I pick up the phone and say, hey, we're going to head to New York or Montana or wherever we want to yeah. go, do you want to meet us there? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. Yeah. So we're kind of at that age where we have the ability to yeah. you know, to do that, to travel. Oh, and yeah. Win. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. You talked about you're building a second building, mm-hmm. and I, I'm going to have to call myself genius because I knew <laughs> that you guys were going to grow, and you mentioned that. You so. called it. You nailed it. <laughs> Well, just by the enthusiasm, I felt like you're probably going to keep growing. That's not going to be the only building. What was the last time you challenged yourself with doing something you've never done? And what was the outcome of that? Oh, gosh. Um, you know, building that building, I had never built a building before. And that was kind of nerve-wracking. But like many projects that I undertake, uh, I just really dove in and focused on that and and. To ad nauseum, probably, I probably, um, you know, uh, made, I won't say made some enemies, but, but, um, you know, caused people concerned that I was just too into this. Mm-hmm. Um, I might have made an enemy of the architect or the builder with the changes <laughs> I made, but well, actually, they enjoyed that whole process too. They, yeah. they thought, oh, this is great. I'm, I'm being challenged and we're working together and we're building something beautiful. So, um, so the result was we created something beautiful. Um, I, 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 gosh, I wish I had a better answer for, you know, no, that's other good. examples. That's uh, as good. Far as really challenging myself. I'm not going to run a marathon, yeah. you, know, you know, so uh, that Fair. would be a, a good classic answer. Yeah. But no, I didn't challenge myself to uh, work up to 10K and, and, and actually run the Boston <laughs> Marathon. Did not do it. Me neither. I'm not going <laughs> to, so it's okay. It's, and we're good. We're good. When 
you you mentioned that book awareness. Mm-hmm. So you, you, uh, obviously you read books. You like movies too. Oh yes. What's uh, what some of your favorite movies? Well, my wife's the movie buff, so I have to rely on her to remember the names, the okay. titles, and to find stuff for us to watch. But um, you know, I of course everyone loves It's a Wonderful Life. It has such a mm. great story, and and you can't help but get teary eyed as many times as yeah. we've all seen that movie. You know, it has such a strong message, and the portrayal is so good by by the actors. Um, it's going to send horny, but um, Independence Day. I love that movie. <laughs> um, and then there are other movies like that where the, the, the message really is that, that in adversity, people get together and from all walks of life. If you remember, there were people from you know all walks of life, black and white and poor and rich, yeah. the president and this, yeah. a stripper. You yeah. know, and, and they all have this common goal of survival and, and uh, and 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 doing away with evil and and I love that how everyone yeah. comes together and and they put all their differences aside and they focus on this this one goal yeah and so hugely important important message yeah and there are other movies like that out there but uh, that one always just is a, a feel good movie for mm-hmm. me so if you think about movies and, and books and then you look look at your life right now what chapter from a book or what movie best represents your chapter of life. Oh gosh! <laughs> I, you know, I really, I don't know how to answer that. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, I watch a lot of different movies that uh, are not at all like like my experience, my life, or my, uh, my or like me at all. That's part of the beauty of movies is mm. is to take you into a world that uh, you're not part of and and help you understand. Mm. Oh, I understand their perspective now. You know, wow. So, um, well, I don't think that's profound, but it's, it's profound to me. I never <laughs> heard an answer like that. That's what movies are for me. It's uh, not just an escape, yeah. but it's a lesson in um, experiencing what others experience that I would have no oh. way of, of, of experiencing that on my own. Yeah. So, when a movie is well done, um, what was the movie I saw? Uh, Parasite recently. It won <laughs> best movie, which I I. Couldn't understand that. It was a great <laughs> movie, though, and it really did take me out of my comfort zone. Yeah, and it showed the, you know, the the diversity, the the polarization of the haves and the have-nots, mm. and really made you not like the haves because of how how petty they were and mm-hmm. how how they treasured the these you know material things. Yeah, um, but that was so that took me out of my com- comfort zone. I mean, I I saw. Uh, you know South Korea, which we think of as as just being so beautiful and and uh, just a perfect world, and it is for the most part. But yeah. it has its poor side too. It for has sure. its impoverished. Yeah. And to see that and realize, oh, I had no idea. You don't see that mm-hmm. in the movies or in commercials. Nope. That part of of Seoul. Right. Um, so that was an eye opener, and to yeah. see that they have the same issues that we have in America. Yeah. You know, uh, very similar. Yeah. And so, um, so that was a lesson learned that, yeah. okay, you know, it's, it's like that everywhere. <laughs> That's true. What lessons have you learned from starting up lists? Um, to do things gradually, not be too eager, greedy, uh, too hasty, mm-hmm. you know, just, um, we're completely self-funded, 
uh, never borrowed money to run the company. Wow. Other than borrowing from myself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There have been times when I thought, uh, if I'm going to make payroll, I'm going to have to move some money around. Mm -hmm. um, and, and so that was a good thing to uh, endure. Yeah. And, and it helped me to be more frugal and um, helped me to plan. Yeah. And so um, we have no trouble making payroll anymore, but we, uh, you know, we don't, we have not borrowed any money. We don't look for that. And it's because we've, we've grown one building block at a time. Yeah. And not try to grow too fast. Yeah. And, and I see some companies that, that do that and, mm -hmm. and um, they pay for it later. Yeah. They, they lose control of their company um, or they, they lose um, some of the leadership of, mm -hmm. of the company because they brought in outside investors. Yeah. So. Wow. As a CEO, have you ever sought out leadership coaching? Like a team comes in and helps your leadership and yourself? You know, I, I read about that and, uh -huh. I, and I see these people who do that and I would like to, but... Mm -hmm. um, I haven't yet. Yeah. I, I see a need for it. Uh, and it might happen if I just happen to meet someone that I really think, wow, you know, I would just like to buy your time to shadow me and, and, and help me to regulate my behavior yeah. and, and to, um, you know, operate with more intent. Yeah. Um, so I, I see a need for that, but um, I've not done that yet. Mm. Uh, I've, been approached by um, organizations of, of CEOs that that have these meetings and, and re, uh, retreats. Okay, and I'd like to do that, but every time it, it lands on a week that I, I just can't make it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I fully intend to investigate that because I think that'd be great to go into a retreat with um, other CEOs and hear about their problems. Yeah, and, and just we talk about uh, issues uh, without. I guess without your competition, yeah, no, <laughs> you're, you or your your employees, yeah. Um, so I I will definitely do that. I just haven't got around to it. Yeah, it'd be cool just because I feel like you're wealth of knowledge too. So you could give other CEOs pointers, and not necessarily about land information services, but just about life and mm -hmm. how how do you balance work, life, marriage, tennis. Mm -hmm. With fifty colleagues, you're building two building another building for your second building. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's phenomenal yeah. to me. It, mm -hmm. I'm like it's overwhelming <laughs> thinking about it, but that's that's awesome. But yeah, it just you know if it were me, uh, you know, twenty years ago looking at it, I would think, oh gosh, there's no way. How does that happen? But again, you just have to remember that it just takes one building block at a time, one month at a time, one year at a time, and um, it, it will happen for you. Yeah, that's so true. I can remember when I was really young and I, I just uh, was struggling thinking, how am I going to send my kids to college? How do people do this? <laughs> and then my, my dad, um, who's always been very frugal and, you know, I thought he'd have some really stern advice where well, you have to put this much away and, yeah. and this. He said, you know, when the time comes, it will be there. Uh, what? That's all you have to say? <laughs> that's it? <laughs> but it was really wise because... Um, and he was he was right. It mm -hmm. was there, and it happens because you're building one block at a time gradually. Mm. If you think about something far off in the future, I mean, it is intimidating, and it's scary. But then, uh, if I just focused on one day at a time, I was able to build those resources, and um, and so the money was there when yeah. it was time for them to go to college. And and I realized, dang, he was right. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, that's great life advice. <laughs> it is actually thinking about it. it's like man, because in 2020 we're thinking about this when we invest a dollar, we want it to be a hundred dollars the next day. We want quick turnaround and everything. Yeah, we want to win everything. Gratification. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. But one one month, one building, one block. Three percent a year, or Ooh. you know, seven percent. You know, mm-hmm. uh, that can be a good return, and, and you just take a little at a time. Yeah. So, and my my dad was um, was uh, a man of faith, and and uh, so part of that was spiritual too. That, yeah. You know, you pray and you you do the right thing, you live life well, and you're rewarded. Mm-hmm. And and dang it, if he wasn't right again, there you know? there you go. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. If you were to look back at your life, let's say, let's go back 10 years ago, and you had a belief in something, and you fast forward back to present day, is the belief in that certain something stronger, just as strong, or not as strong? Whatever that was, do you have something back 10 years ago that you believed in strongly? Well, I think just the the rule of living life well i mean living life right mm-hmm. day to day and and um you know having a spiritual side of yourself um is really important and i think when we're younger we think well yeah, yeah we're supposed to do that so that's what i'll say mm-hmm. but then as you get older you realize that was sound advice mm-hmm. you know what dad said and, and and what others say yeah um it's really important that you believe that that higher being and Right, you know, and, and it doesn't matter if you're Muslim or Christian or or, or Jewish yeah. or whatever faith. All of these faiths believe in a, a higher power, yeah. And that's, I think, the unifier. That's that, that's mm. what we all have in common. And I think if we have that in common, isn't shouldn't that be enough? You know, yeah. we all believe that it's a loving God, and and how whatever else we believe in or or worship yeah. um, becomes less important as long as we realize. There is a higher being out there that we should be seeking advice from for for living well, for for doing the right thing, yeah. uh, for guidance. Yeah. You know, I mean, I ask every day. That's part of my routine when I get up in the morning. I before I get up, I just I just kind of you know focus on you know what am I thankful for, and 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 I I thank God for that, and and you know what's my scorecard like? Am I what, am I doing okay? What what do I need to work more at? What mm-hmm. what what can I do better? Um, but you know, mostly it's I'm asking for guidance. I'm asking for direction and protection. <laughs> I like it every morning, and you know, and I think that's important. Yeah, um, to believe in something that will help you achieve your goals if right. your goals are are authentic. Yeah. I didn't even have to ask that question of what are your habits because you just said your, your morning habits. Well, like, it's, man, it's, it's, it's awesome. It's like a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, that's exactly right. And that's how, uh, that's why I am so excited to be here because to me, this is just a conversation. And it's uh, I get to sit in front of the CEO and have a conversation with the CEO <laughs> and the human way broadly. So this is awesome to me. We can do this every Friday. <laughs> yeah, I get off at twelve, so we go to, we go have coffee and just hang out and just yeah. chat about things. I, I would love that. That'd be Invite so awesome. More. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that would be that would be great. What's your goal? What do you see? Maybe yourself and Liz in the next, let's say, five years. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I have a plan to. Uh, turn the organization over to um, my leadership team. And so uh, I will be involved for the next five to 10 years. Uh 
but slowly uh, they'll they'll gain more ownership. And um, I will be here for the next five to ten years to guide and, and, and lead them. Wow. And so, um, one, you know, I'm, I, I want to be able to reach that point that when my kids have children, that I can spend more time with yeah. them. You know, I, I was very fortunate that my parents were very involved in my, in my, my wife's mother was very involved um, with our kids when yeah. they were young. And so we, we rarely had a babysitter because uh, we had family wow. to take care of our kids. Yeah. And so uh, that was wonderful for us. And I'm glad my kids had that relationship with their grandparents and great for my grandparents. It was yeah. very rewarding for them. So um, I want to, when that time comes, and I'm not rushing them, yeah, yeah. but I want to be prepared <laughs> that when that time does come, I can take some time off and spend more time with grandchildren. Um, maybe I'll invest in, um, you know, find some entrepreneurial spirits and, mm-hmm. and invest uh, in, in their dreams, uh, you know, and, and do more house flips. I mean, there's That's lots awesome. I could be doing. Yeah. But what I'm doing at LIS right now is it's important. I, so I like the coaching uh, aspect of it. Uh, I am in, very involved day to day. And it's really important for my customers to know that I have a, a continuity plan, a mm-hmm. succession plan. So, because um, their fear is, what if you decide to monetize this whole thing and just sell out? Mm. Well, I don't want to do that because I'm more interested in the company continuing and I'm more interested in the, in my leadership team assuming control. That's so awesome. That's worth more to me than, than a few million dollars. Yeah. So, um, that's, that's my plan. And, and I made that announcement, uh, just a few weeks ago. So, yeah. Wow. So, so I named uh, my my right hand man as the president, and wow. I'm the CEO. And things are still going as they planned. But the most important thing is we've sent a message to the community, to the industry that uh, we're not for sale, mm-hmm. and we are here for the as long as you can see into the future. Uh, that's that's legendary. <laughs> that's really cool, man. That's really that's exciting news. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm excited. I'm not even an employee. Yeah. It's just, it's just really neat to hear about the CEO because sometimes you do hear about, well, we're going to try to do this and flip it and make this money and we exit out. Yeah. But you, you want this to be a growing thing and continue mm-hmm. on and it keeps families intact as mm-hmm. far as employments and people right. are happy. Right. The economy's booming because mm-hmm. of that too. Mm-hmm. And the net effect of that is amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. How does Wade want to be remembered? Um, as someone who likes to help people, as someone who uh, listens, you know, I remind my, my team this all the time that, you know, you go into a prospective customer's office and you don't want to talk. You want to listen. That if you sit there long enough, they will tell you what's wrong with their organization. <laughs> they, will, they will reach out to you. And so um, that has worked for us. And yeah. so I'd rather be the quiet person that people feel comfortable talking to. Mm. Love it. Right. You know, you're, you're already there, I think. I feel like you're already there. <laughs> yeah. So last question for you, if you don't mind looking the camera. Wade Raleigh, do you approve this podcast? I approve this co- podcast. <laughs> I'm Wade Raleigh and I approve this podcast. <laughs> I am not running for office. <laughs> I will not run for office. I'm smarter than that. 
My name is Wong Lam, I definitely approve this podcast. Actually, I do have one more question. How do people get in touch with you without your cell number? Like an email? Uh, go to our website. Okay. And, and uh, my personal email address may not be there, but um, the information email address is there. And I actually receive those. So, okay. Uh, it's info at LISLV.com. Very good. Very you good. You can find me that way. And then you can find him on LinkedIn under Wade Brawley, W-O-R. W-A-D-E-B-R-A-W-L-E-Y. Correct. correct. That is correct. All right. Well, thank you so much for your All time, right. sir. I appreciate I you. I really enjoyed it. Thank that you for coming fun. out. fun. Yeah, I'm going to turn this off, so. All right. hope that went okay. I truly hope you oh. enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.